Today's episode of How They Love Mary is brought to you by Monk's Bread. It's that time of year again. The air gets a little crisper, leaves change color, and the aromas of pumpkin and cinnamon treats fill the air. It's the perfect time to try a loaf of the world-famous Monk's Bread. Their raisin cinnamon, maple cinnamon, or seasonal pumpkin spice bread are delicious treats for the whole family. Made fresh in their western New York bakery by Catholic monks, Monk's Bread comes in eight delicious varieties and ships right to your front door. And they do more than just bread. Enjoy their famous biscotti, fruitcake, jams, and more. Every sale of delicious monastery-prepared products helps to support the monks of the Abbey of the Jeunesse in their ministry of prayer and hospitality. If you enter the discount code MARY23, so M-A-R-Y-23, at checkout, you'll save 10% on your entire order at monksbread.com. Support a great cause while enjoying world-famous Monk's Bread. Order today at monksbread.com. That's monksbread.com. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. One of the things about my story of becoming a priest, of who I am, uh, and often something that I'll start out the conversation with is, is that I don't come from a very traditional Catholic family. You know, maybe you hear that and you're like, oh, he means like, oh, he didn't come from a family that prayed the rosary or went to mass or whatever. Uh, but what I mean by that is obviously we uh, expect a, a, a nuclear home, a, a domestic home of uh, of mother, a father, a ch- you know, brothers, sisters, whatever. So a family. But uh, my mother and father separated before I was born. So I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. And so all throughout my life, I've heard about the father wound and just uh, how how the absence of a father and then trying to find those father figures in your life and all of that, how that's really affected me psychologically and spiritually. So, so I have a grasp on the father wound, and so does Bob Allen Kroll, who is the author of a new book of that name, The Father Wound and Beyond. Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. And so this is a new book, and uh, I'm excited to have Bob Kroll on the show uh, today to share a little more about his work and his reflection on this wound that has affected so many. So thanks so much, Bob, for joining me. It's an honor to be here, Father Edward. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I guess I would say first is I think this book has been a long time in the making. I went to Mundelein Seminary. I graduated there in 2015. And back in the day, long before the Augustine Institute, there was something called the Lighthouse Catholic Media. And the Lighthouse Catholic Media had little CDs in the back of churches, and, and you would get your faith formation in that way, hearing some of the great minds, great speakers of Catholicism, and... Uh, listening to them. 
And so you were kind of a promoter, a distributor, you were an affiliate with them. So you would go from parishes in my diocese where I live in Green Bay, and you would go to different places and share about Lighthouse Media, try to plant the CDs in the churches there, uh, etc. So uh, you would come down to those conferences, and I think that you even talked to me back then, all that long ago, about this project, this book that you wanted to write. Uh, is that memory? Is that right? I, you know, I don't remember speaking to you directly regarding that, but it could very well have been because I know it's been on my heart since around 2010. And um, I, I had attended many of the men's conferences and other Catholic events to promote the Lighthouse CDs. So I, I wouldn't doubt, yes, I'm sorry, my memory isn't that good for regarding that, but we probably did need to talk about this. Yeah, and, and I think that because I had written some books with publishers, you had questions and how, what was the process. And uh, I do a lot of like consulting on that for, for people that want to write their first book. How did you get Oh, it? yeah, and, and you know, it's starting to come back to me. That's right, because you've got you've got a handful of books that you've written, and that would make sense that I would have asked you that, because I probably saw a book of yours, and I'm like, okay, I need to talk to this guy. So this book that you wrote, The Father Wound, a book you wanted to write, just as you said, from 2010, uh, obviously yes. it's been on your mind and heart for a long time. So uh, does this topic hit home to you? Uh, do you have a father wound? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, it does hit home very deeply. I grew up in the little town of Thorpe, Wisconsin. That's, that's in central the Wisconsin. Torpedo. Okay. The, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, that's, it's, yes, it's the Thorpedo um, because of the town of Thorpe. And yes, many, many people that I've met throughout the years have, have gone there. But yes, that's, I grew up on a farm out in the country there. Uh, I was the oldest of nine children with three brothers, five sisters. And we were raised Catholic. We went to church every Sunday. But there was some issues at home. Mom and dad drank a lot. So there was an alcoholic problem in our household. And when when moms or dads or, or both even um, drink way too much, there are, there's a lot of problems that arise. And so my brothers and sisters, we unfortunately went through a lot of physical, emotional, and verbal abuse at the hands of our mom or dad, but especially from dad. And when it came from dad, this abuse, um, it was it was pretty bad stuff. And, and so the wounds that I received as a child from especially dad really had a huge effect on me as a child. And, 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 and I took these wounds into my adulthood, not even realizing how deeply these wounds would affect me as I became a husband and father myself. And so as I learned more and more about this topic, I said, this, this needs to be spread to the world because I see this as a very universal wound in the lives of many, many people. Yeah, so when we talk about this father wound then, so you had a father, so it wasn't like it was just your mom and, and you and your siblings. So there's the woundedness that can come from maybe a hurtful father, hurtful by his words, by his actions, 
maybe hurtful because you don't feel love or affection. But then there are other aspects too of the father wound. So that could be one person's experience of the father wound. But then the and the next person could be, oh, they had no father in their life. And so so the absent father, that's that's another father wound uh, that someone could have experienced as well. That is very true. And, and I explain that in my book, too, that, you know, it's not just an abusive situation. It can be the neglectful situation or the absence situation like you you experience, Father. And, and so... There's that wound that can occur when dad just isn't there, and and that could be physically he is not there, like in your situation, or he could be there, yet doesn't give you the attention, the affirmation, the affection that you need as a child from a dad, and that's missing, and that, that leaves a huge hole in a, in a child's heart because they desire that affection from dad where they can't get that anywhere else in the world. It's got to come from dad, and that's missing, and that leaves that, that deep wound in the child's heart. So your goal with the father wound is to make people aware of the hurt, the experience of that, but then also to facilitate healing, to bring them to a point to experience forgiveness, maybe? Is that the goal? The wounds that we take uh, into our adulthood because of what's happened in our childhood, that that begins to manifest in a lot of different ways um, through what what we call bitter fruits, those negative emotions, those negative habits, those bad habits that we have, uh, the sins that we repeatedly commit, um, sometimes are related to the deep wounds that we live with. And so... To facilitate healing from these wounds, uh, the, the goal is to get to the point of forgiveness for, for the person that hurts you, you know, and that, you know, in this situation is dad, but it could be anyone. There's, there's wounds that, that we've received from uh, mom or siblings or, or relatives or strangers or teachers or bullies at school. And, and when we can forgive, healing takes place we we receive that healing because whenever there's forgiveness there's healing you you look at the sacrament of confession that's a sacrament that's a, a sacrament of healing so forgiveness is involved and anytime forgiveness is involved healing takes place and that that healing that we're looking for um you know comes through prayer comes through sacrament there's always this powerful scene in the movie uh, with Bing Crosby, The Bells of St. Mary. And, you know, he's Father O'Malley in that movie. And then there's this nun, Sister Mother Superior, whatever her name was. And so, yeah. uh, essentially, Mother Superior has tuberculosis at the end of the movie, is going to be sent away to Arizona to help in her healing and her rehabilitation. But she thinks she's being sent away because Father O'Malley is a very mean priest who is, you know, sending her off because he doesn't get along with her and he doesn't like her. And so so there's a powerful scene that after she knows she's leaving, she goes into the church, she goes before the Blessed Sacrament of the Tabernacle, and she says, Jesus, remove from me, remove from my heart all anger, bitterness, and hatred. And I think it's a beautiful prayer, and uh, so I think that could be one of those starting points that that we begin asking. Jesus told us, "Ask and you shall receive; seek and you'll find." So if we ask, 
for God to remove the anger or the hatred or the bitterness that I have towards my father, for example, well, then uh, that, that path of healing can begin just from there. And then there's the sacramental celebration. And then there's so much more that can happen as well. That's right. And, you know, just to take a step backward, just for our audience here, Father, I want to just, I want to define the father wound as I see it. I, I explain it as the long-term emotional pain a person suffers caused by the abandonment of a father's love. So it's long-term emotional pain because it, it, we bring it into our adulthood. This pain carries with us. And it's the abandonment of a father's love. So whether it be through abuse or neglect, dad is not loving as a truly good father should love. And so that's where you talk about, you know, this bitterness, this resentment, this anger, this hatred that grows within our hearts. And it's rooted in unforgiveness towards dad or whomever may have hurt us. And so through healing of this bitter root of unforgiveness, we can move on to becoming the person that we're really meant to be, you know, uh, shining forth, um, uh, fully living the life that God intends for us. And that's where we need to get to. And so we, we, uh, most of the time I would have to say that as, as dads, we don't realize that we've been wounded so deeply and it's affecting our relationship with our spouse. It's re affecting the, the relationship with our children. We don't even realize it. And I, I really want to just make this point here with uh, a quote from uh, Christian author John Eldridge in his book, Wild at Heart. Have you ever heard that, that uh, book, Father? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yes. And, and in it, he says, every boy in his journey to become a man takes an arrow in the center of his heart in the place of his strength. Because the wound is rarely discussed and even more rarely healed, every man carries a wound. And that wound is nearly always given by his father. So I think John Eldridge really hits it on the head. That, that book, um, I read that back in 2010. And the book spoke of the father wound, and I had never heard that term before. And it just opened my eyes like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the story of my life. I have a father wound that's now, I'm you know, 40-some years old, and I didn't even know this is affecting my relationship with my wife. No wonder why I have explosive anger sometimes, or no wonder why I can't... Um, give my kids the attention that they need. And sometimes I just um, close off into myself and worry about my own problems instead of be, you know, giving my attention and affection towards them. So it was a real eye opener for me uh, to, to realize that and realize that I needed healing. There are so many men and father, you might experience this through all the, you know, all the people that you speak to and, and some of the guys that you might speak to that as men, we are the type of humans that we're, we, we feel that we need to be strong and put up a front that says, hey, I got this taken care of. There's no problems. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be strong, um, and, and I don't need any help. And that is really not the best way to look at, at things because 
We all need help. We've all been wounded in our lives and we all need healing. When Jesus was on earth, one of his main things he did, he was teaching and healing. And he desires that for us, even to this day, for healing to take place. And of course, the fullness of healing in heaven. So what are your thoughts on that, Father? Yeah, definitely. Uh, God wants to bring healing. That's what Jesus did so often. And uh, even uh, the other day, uh, it was All Souls Day, and I had chosen the reading of the widow of Nain for the gospel. There are lots of options on All Souls Day for the gospel. And, and it said that Jesus, you know, saw the widow and had pity for her. And so I think Jesus can look at each one of us from his place, reigning gloriously in heaven. He can look at us from the place at the tabernacle, from the monstrance, as we're sitting in his presence, asking for that healing. So he sees us, and he sees that we are in need of mercy. And maybe he looks at us, and he says, I know what this person has experienced, because I'm God, and I know... I know all these things, and now I wish to heal them. And uh, and one of the ways that this healing takes place is through Eucharistic adoration. You hear these stories yes. all the time of people going to adoration, whether it's just when your church has a holy hour, or maybe they do have extended adoration times, or whenever else it is. And as you sit in the presence of the Lord, He begins to change your heart. He begins to heal those wounds, and uh, it's in Hosea, and we sing this often uh, during the season of Lent, that he will bind up our wounds, and that's really what we want him to do as we pray to the Lord God. Right, and, and you know, ultimately Jesus came here to bring us home to the Father, to our heavenly inheritance, and so to give us a taste of healing— you know, kind of opens our hearts and opens our eyes, opens our minds to, wow, this is good to be in the presence of Jesus. He brings us healing. I want more of this. And, and it, and he brings us closer to the Father who, who is, who, who gives us our truest identity. You know, Father Edward, we, we are, we are, uh, children of God. We are sons and daughters of the Father. We are beloved sons and daughters of the Father. We are not just loved by the Father. We are beloved by the Father. That means he really, really loves us. You know what I mean? Definitely. One of the things you mentioned earlier, too, is that when we realize that we have this father wound, well, then we begin to acknowledge how it affects our relationship with our wife or with our family, our friends. This is why I lash out or whatever. But then I yep. think, too, some people often will say is that, you know, if I have this strained relationship with my father, well, maybe I have a hard time relating to God the Father as a result. Is that something that you've noticed and seen? And how can people work on that relationship with God the Father then? Right. Absolutely. It's something I've seen and it's and, and read about and researched. It is, it's a very common thing for the relationship that was associated with our earthly father reflects on how we see God the Father. So if if our if our father was if our father here on earth was vengeful or angry or very demanding, like we didn't meet his expectations, 
Well, then we, we feel that from that, that, that must be God the Father. Anytime you hear that word father or dad, that's, that's the association we make with that. Or maybe, uh, your, your earthly father, he, he didn't really care for you. You felt alone. You felt, um, that he neglected you in, in whatever way or, or he just wasn't there. So, so then now you start associating things like, well, God doesn't exist even. Um, um, uh, he, He's abandoned me. Um, he doesn't love me. And so we think of God the Father in that way. And that is exactly where the enemy wants to be thinking or wants us thinking. He wants to tempt us into thinking that so that we can uh, never even establish a relationship with God the Father. And that's what we, we, we want to do, we need to do, is, is establish that uh, relationship with uh, God the Father through Jesus, His Son. And so it's very difficult to do that if we don't even recognize that our Father's uh, failures are affecting us and how we see God the Father. And... So what do the scriptures tell us about the father wound and maybe God the father as well or the healing of the father wound? Because that's another aspect of your book, The Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Grace Wound of All, is that you go through kind of a biblical exegesis of different passages. So what passages of scripture might open our eyes to this topic? How does God the Father see us? Here's some scripture that really makes the point. This is how he sees us. Psalm 139 says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Isaiah 49 says, even if a mother forgets her child, I will never forget you. Isaiah 43 says, I have called you by name. You are mine. And 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. You know, the, the love of the Father is so incomprehensible. We just don't understand the depth of His love for us. You know, when I think about, you know, Father, when I think about my own children, I have four boys, and when I think about what the world could do to them, you know, I, my oldest is in the Army Reserve, and if he goes off to war, you know, a, you know, a parent can't think, you know, can't help but think of, you know, some of the bad things that could happen to him. And in my other children, it's like, as a parent, eventually you give your children away to the world and the world ends up doing whatever they want to, to them. And, and it's like God the Father, in the same situation, gave up his son to the world and the world did whatever they wanted to do to him and they ended up torturing and killing him. And so a father... He knew that this had to happen for his son to bring about reconciliation with the human race, and yet he still did it. He offered up his son, and the love that a father had to have, the, the, that our heavenly father had to have to give up his son for us, to bring us back to him through his son, it's incomprehensible to understand that love 
that he had to give away to allow his son to suffer so greatly for us. And, and we get a taste of that, I think, as fathers, too, and, 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 and mothers about the way we have to offer up our children to the world and the suffering that we eventually go through as parents, um, too. But we, we love our children so deeply, and we understand that that's just the way life is. We, we suffer um, because we love so deeply, just like our fi- Heavenly Father loves us. I want to talk maybe about another father wound that maybe is one that we might not think of, but I think it exists in the world, and there are some people that have experienced it, but I would think that there's the father wound of a priest or the father wound of the church, even though the church is a mother. uh, I'm speaking of the church hierarchy or whatever. So you think about all the abuse that has happened by different members of the Mm. clergy. So there's there's a woundedness that comes there. It could be the fact that maybe father said some harsh words, father fired me, father did, you know, these things. So so there's there could be a priest wound. So so could that be a reason why someone might not go to Sunday masses because they have a wound from the priest and uh, do, you, do have you seen this as another example of a father wound? Because we look to the priest yes. as a, a father, and so, and I think a lot of people would even say that during COVID nineteen and the the twenty twenty shutdown that that like we were left fatherless at times. That that bishops went and hid. They they didn't minister. They didn't serve their people. They you know, priests did the same thing. And so so maybe there was a lack of fatherhood even in the church. And so there's a woundedness in the people because of that. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, I know personally, I felt in a way abandoned by my spiritual fathers. Um, I, I, I didn't agree that the, the shutdowns of our churches should have taken place. And, you know, at the time... It was thought of probably the best thing to do, yet um, the abandonment was real for a lot of people. And, you know, we look at the numbers of the people who have come back to church after the COVID, the COVID era, you know, during those couple years. There's definitely less people in many places that have come back to the church. And and maybe that has something to do with, with that abandonment feeling of, of fatherlessness. But, you know, not only that, you know, I've heard of many stories of people who have left the Catholic Church because of what a priest said or did, you know, and that, again, a priest is is that fatherly figure, that spiritual father that could say or do something or fail to say or fail to do something that ends up causing a deep wound in that person. And... And and the hope is for the person to eventually realize, you know, I need to offer forgiveness because I've got this wound and it's not helping. It's it's affecting me psychologically, spiritually, physically, whatever the case may be from these wounds. And and hopefully these folks get to a place of forgiveness and, and come back to the church because they, it's the best thing for them to do. Yeah, most definitely. It is the best place to find healing. And, uh, you know, if it's one priest in particular, well, maybe you go somewhere else and you're able to find uh, a, a different priest who can be that spiritual father that you're looking for. And I think you see that sometimes, you know, even though we do have these parish boundaries and whatnot, there are some parishes where people are flocking because they realize that the priest there is 
cares for his people, offers the sacraments, prays with them, uh, all of those things that they're longing for. And so they find in that person a spiritual father. Uh, and so, but there's an encouragement to all priests uh, to, to be the spiritual fathers that the people of God need you to be. That's so true. We we need our spiritual fathers, our priests. We we desperately need them. Times are getting uh, more difficult, it seems like, in our world. And there's a lot of anxiety and depression and fear out there. And we need our fathers more than ever. If it, same thing with with a child and his biological father. When there's when there's that fear and and anxiety, um, we need our dads more than ever. And uh, and if dad isn't there, we hope. We hope to find someone else, but um, we we really need um, the fathers to be there, whether they be the spiritual or biological fathers. Um, and and I, th- I think you're I think you're definitely right on that, Father. Now, the person that's listening to this could be one of those fathers out there that says, "You know what? Maybe I am a wound causer, and maybe they realize I need." conversion in my life because because if you are causing father wounds well then you want to leave that behind you want to be a healer instead you you don't want to inflict hurt upon a wife children or others and so so that could be one person who's listening right now and maybe they're thinking yeah i am a i am a person who is the causer of father wounds if they're a father or you might have the wife listening right now who is saying, you know, my husband, he must have some father wounds because because he lashes out or whatnot. What well, what do you say to to that to those two different listeners? You know, maybe the father that says, I need to be a better father than I have been so that my children aren't as hurt as they could be, or to the wife that's like, What do I do? My my husband is causing all of this. Right. So to to start with dad who says, you know, um, I'm causing some problems in my family because I'm, I'm deeply wounded myself and I'm causing additional wounds. It's that generational thing that continues, you know, from father to son and then from son to the next generation, etc. That's a very real thing. And so just if there's a list there, there are listeners out there who, you know, dads who are, are realizing this, God bless them that, that they're taking that seriously that, hey, you know, there are things that I need to change because I am hurting my spouse and my children. So God bless them for, to, to begin to realize that in the Holy Spirit revealing that to them. You know, there, there are times, Father, you know, I talk about the father wounds, uh, you know, the father wound to my children, my boys a lot. And sometimes they'll, I'll do or say something or, or, or whatever that I shouldn't have. And they say, Dad, you just gave me a father wound. So, you know, they even re- recognize that too. But, but for a father to recognize that, that's a great starting point. And, and, and I'll tell you, the healing part of it is, is the greatest thing for them to realize that they need to get to that point of, of healing through forgiveness of, of the person who may have hurt them. And there's, there's multiple ways of, of, uh, of forgiveness, you know, that, that, uh, you can get to, you know, multiple methods for forgiveness. 
Um, you know, for example, just being at a Eucharistic adoration in my book, I, I go through a 13 step process of forgiveness that seems to be very effective. Um, just speaking to a parish priest and helping, you know, asking them for help to, uh, to forgive is, is another method for forgiveness. So that's, that's the, the area that I, I hope the listeners, if their dads, get to that point of forgiveness. It's it's huge to be there. Now if if it's the listener is is mom and she's realizing that that uh, her husband is 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 bringing some negativity into the household and lashing out and that type of thing. That's a very difficult situation to be in. And I've heard stories of this and and you know I pray for these families and, and these mothers um, and and I, I I ask them, hey, please pray for your husband and and help him to realize that this is happening in a, in a gentle, kind, loving, patient way, because sometimes it just takes a while uh, uh, for for a man to realize that hey, th- there's some things that that I need to fix. And uh, maybe I'm not that tough guy that I've, I've portrayed myself to be. Maybe I need to break down these barriers, these walls that have been built around my heart and, and, and accept the fact that I need some help and, and I need to move towards uh, healing and forgiveness. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's a difficult to situation for a mother, a wife to be in, but that patient love i think is is the best method to to uh to bring that about within a husband to to bring that um that healing towards him to the realization of the desire for healing that that he uh hopefully gets to at some points in the in the very near future for them uh you mentioned about the 13 steps of praying at eucharistic adoration are these 13 steps that one would do during a holy hour? Is it one time they do the 13 steps? Would this be an ongoing thing that they would do? Like if they go to a holy hour weekly, they would maybe do this for a few weeks until they find that healing. Uh, what's what's the 13 steps uh, approach? Sure. Yes. So in my book, it's on page 145. Um, it, uh, it starts off with that 13 part process of forgiveness. And this is something that can be done in multiple ways. You could walk through this process just individually. If you know, you've got a quiet room in your home and, um, you just close your eyes and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through to you as you, as you go through this process. Um, a great place would be right at the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel or wherever in front of the tabernacle and work through this 13-part process. Uh, I've done it with my family where I will, um, I'll have them in, in the living room and, and um, I walk them through this process. There have been times when I've been, I'm in audiences and I ask the members of the audience to, uh, to walk through this process of forgiveness also. Um, so you can have a friend walk you through this process. Um, so definitely different methods can be used. And it's usually typically, um, you know, sometimes if a, a person that is close to us has hurt us many times and deeply, we may have to forgive multiple times for multiple things. Um, and so this could be definitely not a one and done thing. It, it may take a few times, but every time you're peeling back another layer of that onion of 
of, of unforgiveness and you're ridding yourself of that to get to a place of greater peace and greater joy, which we all desire. So there's, there's, uh, there are those multiple ways to do that. And I, and I highly recommend that you work through this process. So father, you may have noticed on my book, the foreword was done by Dr. Bob Schutz. He is the founder of the John Paul II Healing Center, and he uh, had a tremendous impact on my life um, towards forgiveness of my father. The retreat that I went to back in uh, 2010 is where everything turned around in my life. It was the most life-changing thing that happened to me. And the biggest thing that happened to me is my forgiveness that I offered to my father. And it had a lot to do what you'll see and, and read about in my book. Yeah, he does phenomenal work. I know a lot of people have been involved with that ministry. And uh, I know the healing that has brought them. And now they've become agents of healing as they share his message, as they work with people uh, towards healing as well. This is yes. this is a podcast uh, called How They Love Mary. I've been doing it for a number of years now since I left EWTN Radio. And, um, you know, uh, I wrote a book uh, of the title. And so I always like to bring in Mary into our conversation, whether we're talking about a topic that's all Mary or not. So I'm wondering, how do you view Mary's role in uh, the father wound situation? How can the Blessed Mother as intercessor, bring about healing of the father wound? Yes, what a wonderful question. I love the Blessed Virgin Mary. And my, I, I guess I can relate. You, you can relate to this too, Father, because you mentioned your grandmother uh, who helped raise you. My grandmother um, also did a tremendous amount for me in my life. Um, I felt like a you know, inferior, unlovable uh, type of a child when in my younger years. And when I would go visit my grandmother, I would, you know, stay overnight at, at her place with maybe a sibling or two and, and just get away from the farm life for a while. And, and she did such a wonderful job of of showing that affection and affirmation and telling me I'm a good person. And, and the time she spent with me and just, she gave her entire self to, to me and my siblings during that time. And so she, she reflected the beauty of, of, of a mother that, that can be seen in the blessed Virgin Mary, our mother. And I, and, and my grandmother taught me to pray the rosary and she would she would lead the rosary and and teach us you know how to work the beads and everything so what a wonderful devotion she had in introducing the blessed virgin mary to to me because when i you know back home you know the turmoil would once again begin but Knowing that the Blessed Virgin Mary was there, I think helped me a lot, knowing that I had someone that loved me unconditionally with a tremendous love. And the Blessed Virgin Mary was like that. And I, I became very devoted to her and prayed the rosary, uh, starting as a, as a very young man in, uh, in, in uh, my adolescent years and, and throughout high school and even into college. I was praying the rosary and I was devoted to her um, you know, th through all of those years and, and very much th so to this day. And I think the graces that she rains down upon her children 
have helped me to open my eyes to see the healing that I needed. I think it was through her intercession. I truly believe her intercession was probably the one of the very biggest things that could have happened for me to get to the point where I realized I need healing and I need to forgive. So I, I definitely recognize her as a major part of, of my journey uh, to this healing and forgiveness and to the, to the spreading of this, this ministry that I have of, of healing and forgiveness for fathers and helping them to become the great fathers and husbands and, and men that they are supposed to be. And I think it's due to her. Tremendous portion of this is dedicated because of her. And one of the ways that you are spreading that healing is through your new book, The Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. Uh, so how can people learn more about the work, the ministry you're doing? I think you maybe go around and give talks. Uh, how can they buy the book? Sure. There's a couple ways to get the book. Uh, it's on Amazon in the book form uh, via print book and ebook, or they can also go to my website, which is withallyourheart.org, withallyourheart.org. Either way, they can pick up the book that way. And yes, I do speaking uh, around the, the country, around the area. So if anybody wants to get more in depth to hear what I have to say about this, I'm certainly open to that. And I love sharing this, love sharing this message with people. Let your healing journey begin uh, by picking up Bob Kroll's new book, The Father Wound and Beyond, Confronting and Healing the Greatest Wound of All. Thanks so much, Bob, for joining me today. Thank you, Father. God bless you. Today's episode of How They Love Mary is brought to you by Monk's Bread. It's that time of year again. The air gets a little crisper, leaves change color, and the aromas of pumpkin and cinnamon treats fill the air. It's the perfect time to try a loaf of the world-famous Monk's Bread. Their raisin cinnamon, maple cinnamon, or seasonal pumpkin spice bread are delicious treats for the whole family. Made fresh in their western New York bakery by Catholic monks, Monk's Bread comes in eight delicious varieties and ships right to your front door. And they do more than just bread. Enjoy their famous biscotti, fruitcake, jams, and more. Every sale of delicious monastery-prepared products helps to support the monks of the Abbey of the Jeunesse in their ministry of prayer and hospitality. If you enter the discount code MARY23, so M-A-R-Y-23, at checkout, you'll save 10% on your entire order at monksbread.com. Support a great cause while enjoying world-famous Monk's Bread. Order today at monksbread.com. That's monksbread.com.